This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. Hi, and welcome to episode 111 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a technology coach in South Monterey County here in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills, California. Uh, just a reminder, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. Yes, we don't. Um, and currently, I am living just south of a wildfire, uh, so I'm under an evacuation warning right now. So I apologize to the listeners if my sound is a little bit off today. Um, I, my things are everywhere, uh, packed up and everything. So, however, I did think dark roast coffee. I was like, well, we can mush these two things together. So did you know that dark roast coffee is a dark brown color and often has an oily surface? And if you are a dark roast coffee drinker, you know these things. But these coffees have a low acidity and a heavy body and tend to reveal a deeper, darker flavors. And of course, our thoughts are with all those who have been affected by the wildfires throughout the state and other states as well. And uh, thank you to the firefighters who are working tirelessly to uh, contain them and bring them under control. On to a happier subject. Our guest today is Efrain Tovar, who will be talking to us about English language development. So excited to have you on today, Ef. Um, it's exciting because I've, I've seen your, a lot of your work throughout and you're just doing amazing things. So go ahead and start us off with a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Well, thank you, Nancy and uh, Lisa. Thank you so much for inviting me here today. Um, again, my name is Efrain Tovar. Um, uh, uh, born in Texas, but raised here in California all of my life. Uh, grew up here in the Central Valley, here in the heart of California. And so presently, I'm teaching newcomers. Uh, those are students that are new to the country, three years or less. I'm also an ELD2 level teacher and also computer science and digital media arts teacher. So I wear many hats, right? And one of those hats that I do is also I consult um, specifically with a, a local uh, advocacy group as well as English language development consultancy group. And so my passion is ELD. So anything that has to do with second language acquisition, anything that has to do with bilingualism, multilingualism. And again, it's not just language, but also being able to, you know, communicate in multiple methods, right? And so again, I'm excited to be here. Uh, this is, I'm starting my 27th year of teaching. So I've seen it all. And so as we all know, you know, things come and go, right? But one thing is constant. And that's the power of a teacher. And so as we continue to develop our tools, especially during this time, it's so, so important to, to know how to use the tools effectively uh, aligned with good, effective pedagogy. And even more so right now, as we know, 
throughout California, throughout the nation, that English language learners that are huge, huge uh, disadvantage when it comes to equity and access, specifically technology. We've seen it, right? And everyone's talking about it. How do we provide digital access to our, uh, to our newcomers, to our Yales, to our disadvantaged uh, students? So I'm excited to share some tidbits and, uh, and, and the why and the how today. We are excited to have you. I ran into somebody recently and they saw, they, they didn't quite catch the last part of your, um, you were doing something with Q, Q Live recently and they were really excited to see that. So then I was really excited to share that we were having you on. So I know people are excited to hear your, your stuff. So um, we know that ELD is important um, for equity and all sorts of other issues, um, but why do we need a designated ELD? Uh, aren't we modeling and teaching ELD all day long? Absolutely. You know, we are all language teachers, right? And so we all wear that hat as well. So whether you're a secondary teacher like myself, if you're a math teacher, you are teaching the mathematical language, right? Uh, if you're a history teacher, again, you're teaching that language, that voc academic vocabulary in your, in your integrated classroom. But in terms of designated ELD, which is very sacred because that is the, 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 the state requirement to be very intentional about teaching the language teaching the language, the functions of language, the, the, the ability to be able to write effectively, to be able to speak effectively, to be able to uh, listen and then synthesize what others are sharing. So in terms of why is ELD important, right? Uh, we know that the United States Department of Ed, as well as, ed as educators, we know that there is a moral obligation, right? Um, so as educators, we entered this field because we believe that all children can learn regardless of their uh their background right and so that is one thing that i love about us educators is that we're committed right to be able to uh see our our students eyes light up when they're able to uh you know use a few phrases in english right or in or or learn a new vocabulary word but in terms of professional obligation i think it, it's definitely we as educators must provide equitable access for instructions for all students and then finally right uh, um it's the legal obligation, right? We are legally bound by the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court decision of 1974, Lau versus Nichols, that we have to provide uh, access and equity to all students that do not understand English, right? That's great. I like that it's so focused on you know the function of the language. So thank you for that. Now. What are some best practices that teachers can use or you know, have used? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I often say that there is no silver bullet when it comes to ELD, right? A program uh, is not the silver bullet. What is the silver bullet are educators. So as educators, we need to beef up our pedagogy in terms of language acquisition. Do we really understand uh, the language acquisition process? You know, there, I often shared the slide deck about, you know, uh, crash and eight stages of language development, right? So if you have a student that's inside your classroom and especially right now virtually and let's say they're silent uh, unless you know their data story you might not know them that they might actually be a newcomer so it takes anywhere from from zero to six months of 
of silence, right? Especially uh, level ones, emerging uh, newcomers, right? They're in that silent period. So they might not even say a word, right? But that's not to say that our students can achieve, right? So Tanya Ward Singer is a great uh, advocate for EL. She's actually written a book called uh, EL Excellence Every Day. And she notes in her book that everything that we do begins what, with what we value, right? Do we value our students? Right. Do they do they especially right now? Right. Lisa and Nancy, like, do they feel a sense of belonging? Uh, do they feel connectedness with us as educators? Right. I think the first two weeks, I would even argue the first three weeks. It's all especially right now. It's all about making those connections. Right. Uh, if those connections are not there, it's going to be difficult for us to be able to, quote unquote, teach them. Right. And then what do we expect from our ELs? Uh, one thing I've, I've learned over my 27 years of teaching is that expectations and value, right, value in our students go hand in hand, and it sets the tone for their success. So I encourage you, all of you, to look up that, uh, that book, EL Excellence uh, Every Day by Tonya Ward Singer. But again, Lisa, like, like, like you said, right, what are these strategies that all of our uh, colleagues, all of our uh, things can do? Number one, definitely. How do EL lessons fail? Number one, we speak too long, right? Uh, we're constantly speaking a lot, right? And so we need to break it up and give students opportunities to listen and activate their closed captions if you are using Google Meet. And there is a hack, just follow me on Twitter, on how to actually translate the closed captions into Google Meet. There's a little video in my, in, in my, uh, in my Twitter account, so check it out. Number two, not breaking tasks into steps. You know, again, this is re reason number two why lessons fail our ELs. And number three, teaching without visuals. We need to use visuals. So anytime you can use visuals, that's a great thing. And then not being intentional about teaching that academic vocabulary, that academic language, providing those sentence structures, those sentence frames, right? And then restricting the home language. Uh, I often say that our name is tied to our identity, right? So let's learn how to pronounce our students' names. Even if we, if we sound ridiculous, right? It's taken me almost two years to pronounce Mohammed the correct way, Mohammed, right, in Arabic. I have Arabic-speaking students in my classroom. So let's try to uh, pronounce their names correctly. A good initiative out of Santa Clara County Office of Ed is My Name, My Identity. Great website to follow. But again, you know, providing that opportunity for them to use their primary language, we need be, right? And then finally, not differentiating uh, instruction. So these are, you know, what, six points that my good friend Tan Hoin out of Vietnam, a great EL uh, innovator, um, has shared with us, you know, in the Twitterverse in terms of how lessons fail. So, and last but not least, I definitely want to share this with you. Um, again, what are these best scaffolding strategies that you can provide for your ELs, even virtually? What? Okay. Number one, show and tell. So show and tell, use gestures as you're talking, as you're communicating, right? Using visuals as you're, as you're doing that. Tapping into their L1, meaning their primary language. Um, you know, we have the power of Google. So you can actually have them, especially your emerging ELs, your level ones, your newcomers, have them use their primary language. And then guess what? We can leverage the technology, right? 
to be able to get insight into their minds, into the hearts when they're writing in the primary language. Again, language acquisition takes up to 13 years to become fluent. 13 years. So guess what? It's going to take time, right? So let's, let's be patient. Another thing that we can do is give students uh, 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 an opportunity to, um, um, to tap into their prior knowledge. What do they know? right? Let's not assume that they're not coming in with, with, with gifts, right? Uh, they might be gifted. Uh, I believe that all students are gifted, right? In one shape or another, right? And so those types of things, knowing that they're coming in with assets and how, do, how can we tap into those assets? As an educator, when I don't speak their language, right? I have, I've had six languages represented in my classroom, Lisa and Nancy. And so I leverage the technology to minimize the language divide to get great insight into their academic uh, um, proficiency even in their L1. And that's a good indicator how fast they're going to transition into their secondary or even tertiary language. And then pausing, asking questions, pausing, reviewing, again, using those visuals, Lisa and Nancy. So many great practices that you've given us, so much there. And the resources that you've uh, you talked about, we will have those on our website as well um, Absolutely. with your, your information. And a lot of those things transfer over really well into the Zoom world uh, or the Google Meet world, into that virtual world where you're using the visuals and the hand gestures and uh, our, our listeners can't see you, but you, you're doing all of those things as well, um, which is fantastic. Um, so are there any other um, ways that we can you know, serve our students um, in the virtual environment? Absolutely. I think there's power in being able to have uh, some so small group instruction, some small group opportunities, right? To be able to see our students in a smaller group, right? And to be able to connect with them and for them to tell us their story. I think that every EL has a story, right? And so especially nowadays, it's so important just to slow things down and connect with each other at, at, the, at, the, at the human level and, being, uh, uh, and giving students opportunity to share their story, right? In terms of, I utilize Book Creator in my classroom as one tool to be able to empower students to be creators of content. So I want them to tell me their story. So this past week, all of my students, regardless of they're an EL, EL student or not, I want to know their story. So they had to write eight interesting facts about them. I just guided them through basic design uh, principles. But again, I let them go. Let them discover the app. And then again, that gave me great insight into their own lives, what they like, uh, uh, you know, some interesting facts about them, right? And so just allowing students to share the story, even if they're a newcomer, they can just use images. And within Book Creator, I challenge everyone to use your primary language. Don't, do not be afraid of it. Don't feel that you speak less than. I often say that, you know, Spanish, is just as beautiful as French, just as beautiful as, as, you know, Deutsch, German, right? So it is, language is beautiful in itself when you're able to uh, use it, uh, use it. So let's take an opportunity to encourage our students to use all languages, right? But they always have to strive for what? English, that academic English, get them to use it. And so that, that's one thing that 
I definitely would encourage everyone to do. So, and your passion just like, you just get sucked in with your passion. It's so fun to listen to you. Um, do you have any final words for us um, before we head on out? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Nancy and Lisa. I think, uh, if anything, we all know that we are all stressed. We are all inundated with so many things that we're constantly learning, right? Uh, depending on your level of proficiency in net tech, you know, you might be a newbie. You're like just struggling. Oh my gosh, what can I do? Just focus on one tool. Just focus on one tool. Don't feel that you have to like become this Google expert, this Microsoft expert. Just know that fundamentally what students are yearning for right now is connectedness. They're yearning for connectedness uh, f uh, with their peers, with their friends in their virtual classroom. They're yearning for connectedness through, for their teacher, using humor, right? Being silly and just connecting before we begin, quote unquote, teaching, right? That's one thing. And last but not least, definitely know when it comes to ELs, again, there's no silver bullet. But one thing is, is, is true. We are better together. What do I mean by that, Nancy and, and Lisa, is that uh, connect with me, connect with other educators on Twitter, right? My Twitterverse, my Twitter, PLC, PLN, whatever you want to call it, they have helped me. They've made me a better teacher. They've made me a better advocate for ELs. They've just made me, a, they've made me a better person. When I have a question about something, guess what? I go to my Twitter family. I post a question and people are willing to give free resources. If you, uh, if just follow my feed, I've posted some great resources. We'll continue to pr uh, post great resources for all educators. That's what I would, uh, uh, share Lisa and Nancy as I finish today's conversation. Get connected. That is great advice. I, I love it. And I love learning about the students as well and you know, learning about their personal lives as all of us do, I think. Um, and I want to thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. Tonight, or today, excuse me, our comment question is, what are some successful strategies you have used regarding ELD? whether it's in the classroom or virtually. And please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do, please help other people find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.